I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water it starts to just taste bland and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. You are now entering a critical thinking zone. So thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for Critical Thinking. Thank you so very much for joining us here on an Uncomfortable Truth Thursday here on the program, Padoni at the Padoni Show. Andrew Coppins over here at the Coppins Show on Twitter for however long that's going to last. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Getter. Um, Make sure that you are starting to seek out alternative uh, sources and methods. And by the way, Pat, did you see the news on Don Trump Jr.'s um, uh, news app? Speaking no. of uh, alternative sources. No. What happened? It's called MXM um, Media. Uh-huh. And it is the number one downloaded app on the App Store. D- did you see okay. that? Okay. That, no, I didn't see that, but uh, I'm, I'm curious as to why. Well, so here, here's the thing that uh, I think is intriguing about this. A lot of the news aggregation apps and a lot of the, you know, news apps are all they are are scrapes of Google, right? They're they're gonna search for trending topics on Google and give you that information. They've actually hired real life human beings to source through news sources, to give you unbiased news. So take an NBC NBC article and make it unbiased, right? Or take a Fox News article and try to make it unbiased. Mm -hmm. It's not using artificial intelligence at all. They literally are using human beings to do the work. And I think that's interesting in terms of 
we have been told that AI is the the neutral arbiter, right? Right? It doesn't have a thought process to it because you can make it do whatever. And it's supposed to allow for this your human bias to get out of the way. But what we've seen is that what we have created with AI in large parts of our society is actually just algorithms that prove our bias. We're still biased human beings. We're never going to be able to get rid of all bias, right? The the point right. of critical thinking, the reason why we've named it this, you know, named the show critical thinking, not the Andrew Coppin show, like so many others, is because critical thinking is not about being unbiased. Critical thinking is a, is about acknowledging that you may or may not have a bias, understanding it, and being able to sort through it. So if I see a story coming from Vox News, am I likely, or from Vox, right? Am I likely to automatically have my dander up? Yes. Am I, if I see a story on the Daily Wire, am I automatically going to assume that it's true? I, no. I I personally wouldn't, but that's because of my acknowledgement that I have a bias towards their opinion of the news of the day. Therefore, I must recognize it and work through it. Instead, what AI has allowed us to do is live in an echo chamber. A Google echo chamber, right? And Google is one of the most biased businesses in this country, probably right up there with Coca-Cola and Disney. And we haven't talked a lot about that Disney walkout, and, and nor should we, other than to say, stop supporting businesses that insult you. They are literally selling you family values, while at the same time, Allowing their workers to walk out in support of a bill that doesn't actually say what they think it says. Meanwhile, having an arm of their business go on virtual strike, right? Go for a moment of silence in solidarity. Meanwhile, we're supposed to have been this family company all along, right? And, and those people who have deeply held religious beliefs are left in the lurch of, do I even fit in? Stop supporting businesses that insult you. And that includes, if you can, getting away from Google. If you can, getting away from Coca-Cola and Disney and all of these other entities. And start supporting businesses that do not insult you. They don't have to have your values it's just very simple. They don't have to care about quote-unquote values. All they have to care about is giving you a good product at a good price that you enjoy using or a service of which you enjoy using, and we go about our merry ways and not knowing what our political or social beliefs are. Now, having said all of that, Pat, the point of bringing all of this up is that 
This is the ironic part of AI, right? Is that it allows us to hide our biases behind a computer, behind an algorithm, and say, hey, this is the algorithm. I didn't do that. Except for you're the ones who created and cultivated the algorithm. So did you or did you not acknowledge your bias within that algorithm? Most people can't think through that process. So it is an interesting experiment at MXM Media because we're actually using real human beings, right, to sift through the news. Will they acknowledge their own biases? Will they be able to give you a more balanced and nuanced view of the news of the day? It will be interesting to watch. Now, having said that, this is an uncomfortable, this is an uncomfortable truth Thursday. Um, we have a lot to get into, and do not forget, you can join us on Rumble, rumble.com back, backslash critical thinking. Find us over at our Rumble page. Hit that subscribe button, and while you're at it, join the Locals community. $2 a month, 2 bucks a month, $20 for the year. Use the code NEWERA, and you will get access to the afterthought, um, a little bonus episode for all of you who are supporting with your dollars. And speaking of supporting, do not forget, check out the Rants of Izzo and Defenders Live. Rants of Izzo is on YouTube right now um, while they're sorting out some of their podcast issues. And of course, Defenders Live over on Rumble, live at 9 p.m. Eastern every single Monday through Friday. Um, so go check them out. Um, you know, support businesses who don't insult you. While their content may insult others, Hopefully it doesn't insult you. All right, so all of that out of the way. We have a lot to get into on today's program. Um, we've got to talk about, um, speaking of bias, the Department of Justice and Project Veritas. We've got news there. We're also going to talk about uh, Rick Scott and gender, life, science, point number nine of the 11-point Rescue America plan. But before we get into either of those topics, one thing that hasn't been really talked about much in the media, at least as far as I'm seeing, is the quote-unquote potential for peace between Ukraine and Russia. And earlier this week, Pat, um, Dmitry Peskov, who's been Vladimir Putin's spokesman for as long as Vladimir Putin has been a uh, a rising power in Russian politics, right? <clears throat> he made an offer that apparently the Ukraine shouldn't be able to refuse. All Ukraine must do is cease all military action, recognize that Crimea is part of Russia, accept the independence of the Luhansk and Donetsk separatist enclaves, and enact a constitutional commitment to neutrality, which would prevent the Ukraine or, or Ukraine from ever joining NATO. If all of those four conditions are met, Peskov says the war will stop in a moment. Is this a path towards peace? Uncomfortable truth Thursday here. Is there a path to peace? Or is it just a prelude to further war? The uncomfortable truth for me is that any sort of 
quote-unquote peace that would happen here is just exactly that second part, a prelude to more war. And here's why, Pat. Because what we have to remember here is what is Russia's ultimate goal? We have talked about it being what? National fascism. Right. Russian-style fascism. Old-school fascism, if you will, versus international fascism. So why would he want those regions, right? Why would he want uh, Luhansk and, um, and Donetsk and Crimea? Well, this article from Intellectual um, Takeout points out some really key points here. And then I want your opinion if, if my uncomfortable truth is correct or not. Okay. But he points out that Russians, Russia's goals more directly are this. To besiege and bring down the Kiev government of Zelensky and replace it with a Russian client regime. Well, that I believe is to be 100% true because that's always been the aim is that whatever government exists is a Russian puppet government. Right. The second goal is to divide Ukraine along the lines of the uh, Dnieper River, which besects the country north and south, to creating an East Ukraine as a pro-Russian state. Third, seize and occupy the entire coast of the Sea of Azov, turning it into a Russian lake, and then capturing all of the Ukrainian Black Sea coast from the Donbass to Mariupol, Crimea, Kirshan, Odessa, and Transnistria the last slice of ceded Moldovan land that Moscow now controls. So what would this accomplish? Why would these things be important? Because what would it do? It would landlock the rest of Ukraine. There would be no sea, no river, the, the, the river dividing line, right? Right. But the part that would be landlocked, if you will, in the western part of Ukraine would be a what? A simple buffer between NATO, like Romania, Hungary, Slovakia, Poland, and then, hmm, that eastern part of Ukraine. Why would this be important? Why would he have started a war to get this far? It's not his ultimate aim. No, no, I, and I would agree with that. It's not. Um, because if, 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 I mean, I don't have a map in front of me, but if I am understanding this correctly, this is, this gives him advantage if he wants to invade some of those other countries that are nearby, like Poland, Romania, and all those countries that are, he could. But it's also a provocation of NATO. It because is. what he can do then, right, Pat, is yeah. take a look to the West and watch NATO start funding insurgents, NATO start backing that Western Ukraine government, and he can claim that it's a provocation against his Russian land. And boom, he's got that provocation for war. I'm not saying that's right. I'm saying that's how he's thinking. And 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 the the next question is would he follow through with it? Yeah. So 
so so here's here's kind of my thing. So so we know that this is what Russia wants ultimately, right? But at the same time, I'm also thinking, why stop there? Why not just take all of Ukraine? If you can take all of Ukraine, why not do it? Because he can't. We're three weeks into this, right? Mm -hmm. And we just had reports yesterday, Pat. I don't know if you, you saw this or not. But we had reports yesterday that um, Ukrainian forces had just ousted Russian forces from some of the suburbs of Kiev. They're beginning to push them back. Three weeks in, and if if Ukraine were were this weakling, right, or that Russian forces were as strong as Putin has always claimed, this should be over. Right? Right. We, you know, and, and I look at our our march to Baghdad, right? It took us a couple of weeks to get there, right? Militarily. But it's because we took our sweet ass time. And we cleared and did it the way that would have cleared the, the playing field for us. We could have just besieged, dropped in on Baghdad and been done, right? We could have. But we knew right. that we needed to move and sweep and control lands leading up to Baghdad. But that's not what's going on here. Because the Donetsk and, and all these other regions, right, mm-hmm. have clearly just kind of threw their hands up and said, mercy, right? And maybe we're kind of wink, wink on your side. So they could have just not a, they could have used those as launching points for a very simple you know circulation of Kiev and been done if Kiev falls if Zelensky is surrounded completely right is it over yeah but, but Russia has not been able to dominate enough to not be pushed backwards to not to not be able to control Kiev, they so, so, they haven't been able to do it in three weeks. So and I, I understand that, and that looks really really bad for Russia, right? Right. But I guess my, my my question here is 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 Russia using the full might of their military to to take Ukraine? Yes. This is the this is the uncomfortable the other uncomfortable truth here. Is that we have been sold in the West that this that the Russian military, right? The the on the ground troops, the not its weaponry per se, right? Because we know that they're going to use thermobaric bombs, potentially hypersonic missiles. Although that has been put into question as of late as well. But they have clear potential to have military dominance, right? Right. And they probably should in this case. So why don't they have why then why 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 is why? it yeah right because the reality of the situation is that the people that are fighting on the ground are ill-equipped, they're undertrained, and they're not a well-oiled, if you will, fighting machine. They're just not. Mm. And on top of it, you're asking them to stretch over thousands and thousands of miles. It's the same problem. That the that 
Germany had when it was attacking into, quote-unquote, Russian territory in the east, right? If we wanted to, we could choke them off in a heartbeat. We just shut so, down the, the Bulgarian border, right? Mm-hmm. We just shut that down. Um, we control the airspace, and it's over. Because what are you going to do when we bomb your 150, 200, 300-mile-long supply chain? Well, they're not going to like that, that's for sure. Okay, so here, here look, let me point this out then. So if, if, if we hit those three points, like the, those three points that you just went over from the intellectual takeout article, is that what it would take for Russia to peaceably end this conflict? So the uncomfortable truth is that it would be an end of this particular conflict, but not the end. Right. right. Because this is not the end goal. And, and this is the part that I have a problem with. And this is why I think when we see this this talk of peace, right? Right. If you're Ukraine, why would you ever, ever so, agree to these terms? Why? You wouldn't. You you're, wouldn't. you're still pushing you? back. You're still succeeding. You're still, yes, you're still at war with Russia. I get it. But at the same point in time, you're actually pushing back. You're actually seeing some success. So why would you give up land and assume that Russia isn't going to just continue to try to starve you out? Again, you wouldn't. So uh, this is this is the problem I have, I think, with this entire article. Because the, the article's premise is, is there a peaceful solution for both russia and ukraine no i don't think there is not not one that mutually benefits yeah where's the Ukraine wins or russia gets what they want because here's the deal right can you trust that russia is going to hold up its end of the bargain hell Hell no right because the allegedly the 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 win for ukraine is that uh, Zelensky's government gets left alone that would be the, the the part of it, right? Right. But that's not what Russia wants. Russia wants that puppet to be installed west of that river. Right. I, I just I just struggle with this one. Yeah, I really, I, really I don't do. Think, I, I don't think that there is a truly peaceful solution. The only peaceful solution is okay if if, Ruc- if Ukraine pushes Russia back and gets them out of Ukraine, and Russia puts up the white flag. That's your peaceful solution. That's it. That 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 is literally it right there. Otherwise, you are conceding something to Russia. You are conceding part of your country to Russia. And then that's only a temporary state. It's never going to stay that way. Mm-hmm. Ever. Because again, the goal of Russia is to through through this show of force, right? put themselves back on even footing with the EU, with NATO, with um, the American economic power, right? Mm. That's that's goal number one. Then, then being goal number two, to flip and be able to use nationalistic fascism, economic fascism, to begin to choke off the EU, to choke off American dominance of the economy. It's why its partnership with literally the economic fascism of communist China and its state control of everything, government run everything, 
sure, it's got some forms of capitalism, but it is state-sponsored capitalism. Um, that's the goal here, okay? So how long before if um, if, if the peace is happening, is it really at the behest of Ukraine and Zelensky, or is it at the behest of Macron, uh, Schultz, and the like from France, Germany, the rest of the EU, which has bent the, bent the need to Putin in the past and is still in the ear of Putin, by the way, right now? Have we learned nothing in the last 100 years? I mean, I, I feel like we are living, as I'm watching this play out in front of us, right? We are almost living in the Anschluss. Again, not realizing the goal of Germany in the Anschluss was what? To gain territory, mainly Austria, Österreich, and then to be able to dominate Poland, to go back into Hungary, to go back in, go back in, go back in. If we learn nothing, capitulation to fascist dictators doesn't work because they see that as a sign of weakness, not strength. They don't see your peace agreement as a sign of strength. They see it as a sign of your weakness, and they're going to exploit it, and they're going to do it to their own economic benefit. This is what this is all about. Now, let's move forward here, Pat, um, because the other there's another story here back home that speaks to bureaucratic fascism, in my view. And it's a re really dangerous story. And one that uh, most in the mainstream media are not going to tell you. And it's the story that Project Veritas has found out that the Department of Justice was spying on its journalists with illegal secret warrants. Now, most of the headlines will tell you that it was Biden's DOJ. But when you actually look into the story, Pat, here's the facts of the matter. Project Veritas was raided, right? They had eight different journalists, including James O'Keefe, raided, right? It was something like 40 different locations raided by, right. the, by the FBI. A federal judge basically said, no, you can't do that. You can't look at the materials that you got in that raid, right? It was like 47 different electronic devices and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. But here's the crux of the matter, Pat. From November of 2020 to April of 2021, it is being alleged that the Department of Justice went to six different magistrate ju judges to obtain a series of secret warrants, orders, and subpoenas in violation of the very order that a federal judge put in place, saying you cannot look into any of these things while we adjudicate what you are alleging. Is that bad? Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> I feel yeah. like it's just a running thing this month. Is that bad? 
<laughs> so so here's the thing though. This isn't this isn't the Biden Department of Justice. This isn't a Biden bias situation, right? This started in November of 2020. Furthermore, the raids happened prior to Biden coming in to office. So you're saying this is a Trump thing? No. What I'm saying is if you put two and two together, what this tells you is that the Department of Justice is rotten to its core. Oh, yeah, that's also true. Because if this was a Biden directive, that's bad enough, right? Right. But who was in charge of the Federal Department of Justice in 2020? Uh, William Barr, right? Yeah. Supposedly a, a Trump lackey. He was not. <laughs> right. He was not. <laughs> we know that because we were paying attention back then. Mm-hmm. But but I want you to think about this. If this was truly a political hit piece, right? If this was from the top down a political hit, it would have happened after this transition phase, right? Instead, what we see here is just how politicized the Department of Justice is how rotten the bureaucracy of this country is. What do I mean by that? Pat, how does this happen inside of a Trump run, allegedly on the side, by the way, of James O'Keefe, Department of Justice? How does this happen? It happens because the people below William Barr and others have an axe in a political agenda, and that agenda was to do what? Elect Joseph Robinette Biden to destroy the right. They see themselves as not doing the bidding of and serving at the pleasure or leisure of whomever is in charge at the moment, right? Or blind justice. They see their job as activists. They see their job as, I must do the political bidding. How does this happen in a William Barr-led Department of Justice? How, how, I, I, I would get the raid, right? I would get the raid. But when the government when the federal judge goes and says, no, you're not allowed to look, do you, you know, like if your mom and dad said, no, you are not to find, go look for your Christmas presents and you go look for your Christmas presents. I know what happens in my household or when I grew up, what happened in my household, there ain't no such thing as Christmas presents. Mommy and daddy take away the toys. But when you have a Department of Justice that is clearly full of people who are not willing to serve us, the people, but willing to serve their own political biases and agendas, this is what happens. I want you to think about this, how bad this was. Project Veritas obtained documents showing that the Southern District of New York, so the SDNY, the former, that's what made Rudy Giuliani famous, right? 
He was mm-hmm. the head of the Southern District of New York uh, Department of Justice. Okay, he was. They were spying on Project Veritas journalists well before the FBI had raided the homes. Secretly re- reading their emails, concealing that from a court in the case that was already in motion against the SDNY. In November of 2021, the FBI raided the homes of Project Veritas journalists, including O'Keefe, seizing 47 electronic devices in connection to to what? Oh, the illegal uh, uh, obtaining of Ashley Biden's diary, which, by the way, Project Veritas had never published. Never. They never published it. And actually had turned it over to authorities. Quote, within five days, U.S. District Judge Annalisa Torres ordered the Southern District of New York to pause its review of the devices, said O'Keefe, who added that within a month, she had ordered the SDNY to turn over the seized materials to a special master who had supervised the SDNY's review to protect our First Amendment and journalistic privileges. And, and this is the crux of the matter. This is attempted chilling of free speech. This is what this is. And this was happening during Trump's administration. This spying was happening during Trump's administration. Only furthered during the Biden administration. Emboldened during that. Now, how do they how do how do they know this, Pat? Well, they know this because the Microsoft legal documents revealed through uh revealed though that between November of 2020 and April of 2021, the Department of Justice went to not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six different magistrates to obtain a series of secret warrants, orders, and a subpoena to serendipitously collect privileged communications and contacts of eight American journalists. Project Veritas is immediately filing a motion demanding the federal government disclose if it engaged in covert spying of Project Veritas journalists by secretly demanding production of our protective materials from any other businesses like Microsoft. Okay, so so you had asked, you had asked, you know, how how does this happen? Um, in in the DOJ, right? Because that's supposedly know, the, the run by Donald there. Trump, right? And supposedly right, run by William Barr, who is Barr. Yeah. Here's 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 kind of my I'm I'm kind of adding to that uncomfortable truth for for just two seconds. We know that William Barr. I mean, everyone thought he was this Trump lackey, and we both know that he wasn't, right? Is it possible, and dare I say more than possible, but very likely that that William Barr was complicit with this going on? I mean, this is at the highest levels of the Southern District of New York, which is arguably the most powerful district in the Department of Justice, right? Right. Now, here's the other part of this, right? Because the the government, right, or the DOJ is allegedly – talking about um, the Ashley Biden diary, right? When was that allegedly exposed? August of 2020, right? Then riddle me this, Pat. Why are the collection of materials dating back to January of 2020, eight full months before anybody had any clue that this alleged diary existed? Why? 
Why are you doing that? It's because you're trying to chill the speech of people who are anti-bureaucratic. I don't say anti-government because I don't think that's what James O'Keefe and Project Veritas are. I believe that they are anti-bureaucracy. And we've talked about absolute power corrupting absolutely. Power corrupts. This is a great example of this. Why do you need a bureaucracy that is lean? Because it allows less for this type of abuse. It allows for less and, more importantly, easier control of these types of situations. Because we're all human. We're all fallible. People are going to do stupid things, right? More importantly, people are going to do stupid things or things that will gain them more power because power is such a provocative and intoxicating thing. Right. And I would I would dare suggest that that is the case for William Barr. Yeah. So so either you're ignorant of what was going on in the SDNY, which is bad news for you, or you're complicit, right. which is also bad news. There are no good answers for why William Barr's Department of Justice was doing this. January of 2020, they're still looking into this. Like, okay, so they raided right in 2020. Or, or they, excuse me, they were attempting to get the information all the way back to 2020. I, I just. And, and, and it sounds to me like, like, like stuff is still going on even now under the Biden administration, which is not surprising in this case. Right. 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 It, but let, let's also think of this, Pat. They, this is the sneaky tactic that the government has used time and again, right? If they know that they can't get to your First Amendment freedom of speech, right? Right. If they can't directly do this, why why are why do the magistrates matter? Because what did they do? They went to subpoena private companies or use private companies who have no First Amendment protection issues, right? To obtain the same information that you're looking for and then give it, oh, oopsies, I I gave it to the Department of Justice. I didn't obtain it illegally. I I just happened to to comply with the Department of Justice request. We've seen this time and again. This is a workaround. It's not just a workaround. This is a conceited and concerted effort to say, screw the Constitution. My also politics true. are what matter. Each and every single one of these people, as far as I am concerned, here, if not Donald Trump, but whomever were to come into office the very first day, justify your job. All of you are fired. Every single one of you are fired. There's not a single bureaucrat left anywhere. And over the course of the next month, while our government is not quote-unquote working, you are going to justify your job. And, well, you may or may not uh, have one. How? Why is that important? This allows you to clean the house. It allows you... To say, yeah, okay, 
Great. There's a federal union. Oh, oh, by the way, um, executive order. Uh, unions on public dime don't exist. What do you know? I am canceling all union contracts with the federal government. Bye-bye. Now justify your job. And I wouldn't care if you were left-leaning, right-leaning. Don't matter. Here, Bye-bye. Do you, do you really need to just, just have them justify their job at this point? Why not just fire everyone and then hire in new people if you're going to do it that way? Well, because um, there are probably really good people in a lot of jobs. More importantly, should we be filling half of these jobs? No. 90% of these jobs shouldn't even exist. That's my point, right? Justify your job. Oh, uh, you push papers around and... Um, oh... That's something that uh, a private company could do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Go work for that private company. And oh, by the way, you don't get access to public information anymore. I, I, if this isn't a clear indication of where things are going, because if this can happen to journalists, what happens to you, a private individual whom um, speaks ill of certain people? Or is organizing in fellowship, right, with people who, let's put it this way. I'll I'll put it this way. Can you imagine the Sons of Liberty existing today? Oh, hell no. They would never be allowed to exist today. Right. They they existed out in the freaking open, by the way. They met Mm -hmm. in taverns. They met not in secret. They may have talked in secret code, right? But they didn't, sure as hell didn't meet in secret. People knew who the hell they were the whole time. Do you trust that you'd be able to do that today? No, not, not, not a chance. I mean, for crying out loud, look at uh, what happened at the University of Wisconsin with their men's basketball program last year, right? There was machinations of Greg Gard being fired because of a conversation between the multitude of seniors and Greg Gard and the coaching staff, right? Right. How the, how the hell did that get out? Oh, it was taped on somebody's phone and released to the media. Turns out it was more than most likely an internal coach jockeying for the job. If, if, if you can't even trust that, how do you trust the government not to be able to put your boot or their boot on your throat. But anyway, Pat, it is time for us to play the B or not the B. Um, have a little bit of fun here on on a uncomfortable truth Thursday. Are you ready? Um, I'm about as ready uh, as Hillary Clinton is to watch 13 hours in her COVID recovery. How dare you? Swear on the show like that, Pat. What did I say? You you said the the H C word. Hillary Clinton. I didn't realize that was a swear word. Yeah, fifty dollars into the jar. Oh, um, you mean another fifty dollars of Vizzo's money into the jar? Correct, correct, correct. Okay, thank you. Speaking of which, today's headline. Kentanji Brown Jackson defends murder, stating your life shouldn't be ruined by something you did for 15 minutes. 
Katanji Brown Jackson defends murder, stating your life shouldn't be ruined by something you did for 15 minutes. And while everybody is thinking whether or not that what the what is you know what is going on there, um, we're going to tell you that our our fundly has not moved for Dave and um, his wife Faith and their dog Mr. Clarence, still sitting at fifteen thousand four hundred seventy dollars. Like I explained to you yesterday, this is a good time for the person who created this to hey, we're only going to have three more days. But anyway. If you are so inclined, go to Fundly.com, uh, check out um, that. You can always find it on my Twitter feed for as ever long as I am on Twitter. And by the way, Pat, we got to talk about this real quick before we get into the B or not the B. Um, we had the Babylon B. We had uh -huh. the editor of the Babylon B and also CEO of Not the B all locked uh -huh. out. Who else got locked out? Tucker? Was it Tucker Carlson? No, Charlie Kirk got locked Charlie out. Charlie Kirk, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Pat, um, have you been locked out of Twitter? No, no, I have not. Huh. Um, I literally said Richard Levine and, and Will Thomas. In response to Governor Tom Ford of Pennsylvania tweeting out uh, respect for women. I haven't been locked out. It is almost as if one of two things is true, or they both could be true at the same time. Either way, this is not good. To your point, is this bad? One of two <laughs> things is true, or all of them are true. Mm -hmm. The algorithm is awful, or it's being arbitrarily enforced on the back end. Or both are happening because um, by the by the letter of what they've done to to uh, to the Babylon Bee to Charlie Kirk uh, to the the CEO of not the Bee right is that Adam what's his last name but his first name is Adam yeah. um I I literally just said you and I. You and I have done the same thing where we have basically put out very similar stuff on Twitter as to what they did, making fun of Richard and Leah, or excuse me, William Thomas, um, and pointed out, uh, I, I even said, thank you for coming to my TED Talk, and was being somewhat, I was being serious, but somewhat satirical about it. So were you. And we're still on Twitter. Hmm. Strange. Arbitrary. And so if I'm Seth Dillon, right, and I'm mm -hmm. the Babylon Bee, or more importantly, if I am Alex Berenson right now, I am using this as a case study. Your rules are not enforced any other way than arbitrarily. I, I mean, here's the thing. And like so therefore... Mm -hmm. I have a case for damages, right? I do. Right. Because because you're, and it's not an isolated case. It is literally, I can go on Twitter and find people doing the exact same thing that I did, right? And, and they're still there. They're still there. So your rules are one of two things. Again, either arbitrarily enforced or you have a horrible algorithm that doesn't catch what is being said or both are true. 
And in either case, you don't get to deplatform people because of that. I mean, it's not like you and I were trying to get suspended, but it's it's funny to me that even though we don't have the following of right. say the Babylon B or not the B and whatnot, even though we don't have that, you would think is that the same rules apply apply across the board. Yep. Hang you on a second, though. That. Let me check my email here. Let me check mm-hmm. my email to make sure. Okay. Uh-huh. Nope. 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 Yep. Nope. Nope. Mm-hmm. Chicago Tribune. Nope. Nope. Yep. No, uh, the, the, no, uh, yep, Jimmy no. Johns, what are you doing? Uh, no, 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 mm-mm, still, mm-mm. still on there. You're still on Twitter. Uh, now again, for however long, but my, but my overarching point here is, is you have a problem, Twitter. More importantly, uh, get the hell off of Twitter. If you can go somewhere else, um, because it's increasingly become useless you can't grow an organic audience on twitter it doesn't happen because they don't allow you to right they don't allow they don't expose uh people like us to an audience that might want to see us they don't do that you can't even pay for it on twitter anymore i mean you theoretically could but not in any way that's going to engage your audience but anyway why would you yeah why would you um my whole point in bringing this up is this is all insane. It's, it's all arbitrary. It's all BS. Speaking of of that, is this the B or not the B pat? Kentanji Brown Jackson defends murder, stating your life shouldn't be ruined by something you did for fifteen minutes. See, this has to be the Babylon B, and the reason why I'm going to say that is because if she actually said this, her nomination process would be over. Okay, fair enough. All right, well, you are correct. Senators were shocked today as Biden's Supreme Court nominee defended pedophiles, saying their lives shouldn't be ruined for something they did for only 15 minutes, which literally is true. As the Democrats nodded in agreement, she then went on to defend murder. Let's talk about people who commit mass shootings, said Jackson. Semi-automatic firearms can shoot hundreds of rounds per minute, making it much easier and quicker to kill a lot of people than it used to be when our murder laws were written. I say again, it isn't fair to put someone away for life just because they pulled the trigger several hundred times over 15 minutes. I am very smart. The committee members stared blankly and blinked a couple times before continuing the questioning. Miss Jackson, ma'am, are you woke? (coughs) I don't know what that means, but are you woke? Said Senator Lindsey Graham, pounding his fist on the table. Answer me now, little missy. I'm not sure what... That has to do with the fact that I probably support lighter sentences for pedophiles and murderers, said Jackson. I also support lighter sentences for other offenses that only take 15 minutes, such as rape, bribery, and extortion. Yes, ma'am. But what does all of that have to do with this weird children's book I found in your school library this morning, said Ted Cruz? Answer me right now. President Biden congratulated Jackson for her performance and promised that she would be confirmed as long as she remains an extremist woman of color by the end of her hearings. And with that, Pat, we get $100 of Izzo's totally above board, not pyramid Ponzi scheme money. Well, no, we get $150 today. Oh, yeah, you're right. That, that oh, other $50 bonus. Oh, wait, that's $200. Sorry. <laughs> All right. So before we get out of here today, we got about 10 minutes before we do. Um, 
We have to talk about Rick Scott's Rescue America plan because we still got two more points to get to after today. Gender, life, and science is point number nine. This ought to be interesting considering what we've been talking about today. <clears throat> Men and women are biologically different. Male and female, he created them. Modern technology has confirmed that abortion takes a human life. Facts are facts. The earth is round. The sun is hot. There are two genders and abortion stops a beating heart. To say otherwise is to deny science. Now, I, I'm going to stop there because, Pat, do you agree with this uncomfortable truth or not? Sociology is a junk science. Yes, I agree. Why? Um, I don't think that it is a, it's not something that's hard and tangible, um, in terms of a science. It, I think sociology is ever changing, evolving, and also it's circumstantial. The, the last part is the part that I hone in on. It is completely mm -hmm. and utterly circumstantial. Because what is sociologically true here in the United States might not be true in Africa, might not be true in right. Sri Lanka, might not be true in Siberia. It might, hell, it might not be true in Wisconsin while it's true in Florida, for crying out loud. Right, exactly. And it's arbitrary. It cloaks itself in scientific method, methodology. Here's the thing, though. It's all theory. There's no facts in sociology. There's no sociological facts, right? There, there are none. Whereas in science, there are facts, such as there are two sexes. There are people who are brought up or are asexual, but they are the vast minority. They are a biological anomaly, Okay. So I might not be a biologist, but I sure as hell read a textbook once in a while. And, and more importantly, I can understand the basics of DNA, okay? The basics of biology, I can understand. I don't have to be a biologist to understand that there's man, there's woman, there's uh, potential for a hermaphrodite to exist, right? There's a potential for an asexual to exist, but there's a reason that they are separate categories because they are, more importantly, biological anomalies. They are defects of biology. Mutations. Yeah, mutations. Just like being a redhead is a mutation of biology, right? It's a mutation of DNA. Literally. Is. Right. Literally. Um, and then Quite also literally. Having I also have blue eyes, so that is also also a mutation. Same by here. The way. Same here. Mm. Blue eyes. And by the way, having handsomely devilish good looks is not a mutation. That's just. Thank you. We I, were just I born that way, you. Pat. I, I appreciate you uh, telling me that. I, that just made my day. Thank I you. I said we, not not you. Oh, I, but see, anyway, I heard me, let's let's but, get into this because so. What is he going to be talking about? Well, he says that abortion kills human children. To deny that 
Uh, to deny that is to deny science. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Whether you believe yeah. in God or not, as a civilized people who accept science, we must protect babies born and unborn from all acts of violence. Uh, yeah. All government policies will favor having more babies adopted, not aborted. Humans are born female and male. There are two genders, and to deny that is to deny science. He continues to say that no government... Uh, no government forms will include questions about gender, identity, or sexual preference. No doctor will be allowed to perform irreversible surgical or gender-altering procedures on any minor child. Once they become adults, they can do what they wish. We will protect women's sports by banning biological males from competing. It is hugely unfair and would erase many of the gains women have made in athletics over the last 50 years. And I will say this, Pat. Um, you look at women's basketball from today, from 20 years ago, even, right? Mm -hmm. They're two right. completely different games. Oh, absolutely. Because, I mean, 20 years ago, a, a male and a female shot, right? How how they would shoot a basketball were completely different. They still are physiologically different because of the physiological differences, but they're much closer to each other than ever before. You know, you're not seeing these kind of like semi jump steps into the shot anymore that you saw 20 years ago from from females. Right. Right. You're not seeing a lot of the things that we saw 20 years ago from in the female basketball game. And I'm just using that as an example. Um, but there's still no doubt that watching a WNBA game is not the same as watching an NBA game. Put LeBron James in in the WNBA and LeBron James is scoring 100 points every game. Yeah, probably. Without trying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. So, overall here, I, I like this. I, I, I think this is quality. I really like the no government forms will include questions about gender identity or sexual preference. And this is why this matters. Unless it matters to your particular health situation, which can just be a conversation, right? Between you and your... Hey, by the way... um. You know, are you engaging in these practices? Because this would explain X, Y, Z happening to you, right? Right. What does it matter for the government? What you quote unquote identify as in sexual preference? And what more importantly, does it matter? Quote unquote, what you identify with as an, as a gender? What does it matter to the government? It shouldn't. We should be seen as individual people. That's what matters. What? Who are you? And yes, your does your sexual preference help define some of that? Potentially, right? And yes, is it possible that your identification is part and parcel of that? Absolutely. But we have gotten to a point where if you're gay, you can only support this. Or if you're whatever. No, we have put people into boxes my entire life. And I have luckily been raised to not see the boxes, not see people as just, you know, black, white, Asian, Latino, or Catholic, Protestant, whatever, right? I've, I've been taught that you must see an individual as an individual and attempt to make a human connection with that individual, regardless of what that person has as a belief system or a non-belief system. To find common ground. Is that not what humanity is supposed to be about? 
It absolutely is. I mean, <clears throat> think think for just a second. How many people do you know that are within your circle, okay, that have very different sets of beliefs and values than that are that are even somewhat contrary to yours? I have several that I call friends, by the way. Yeah, because I, mean, I got clients who uh, mm. you know wouldn't agree with me or most of what I have to say, but it's because I treat them well as a human being that it matters to them. Right. Right. It's because they because I give them trust. People are more than, than their politics, their religions, their their creeds, their what pick pick a pick a topic. They are more. And I would suggest, Pat, that if you are only identifying as, you know, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, or gay or straight or whatever, right? If that is the only thing that clings to your quote unquote identity as a human being, you've got a lot of soul searching to do. And more importantly, probably a lot of psychology and perhaps therapy to be going through because that is not a defining characteristic of your humanity. It is part of it, but that ain't all. And if that's all that there is to you, that is a sad, sad existence. And with that, Pat, your final thoughts. Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And what is a woman? Please be smart, be safe, be kind. As always, Matthew 547. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast. And I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher because hydration is mandatory but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.